Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Everybody, it's Greg Harrelson here, and um, I've got a, a, a gentleman here that's becoming a friend of mine. I will say he's an acquaintance, but I always use friend. Um, I'm serious when I say friends, and I know that we're developing a friendship, and we'll probably end up having a great friendship, you know, as we spend more and more time together. But today, for the Level Up podcast, I have Brendan Bartik uh, with me from Denver, Colorado. Is that right, Brendan? Yeah, yeah, beautiful Denver, Colorado. Yeah. You know, and what's interesting is um, with, with with Brendan, I have I have an agent, or I had an agent in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, named um, Anthony Velasquez. Right, that's his last name. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Anthony was uh, a great guy, great young real estate agent, and he decided he wanted to move to Colorado, and he happened to like find you randomly, and um, what a gift. That yeah. he was that he landed with well, both of you, I think, are lucky because he's a good guy. We're but super think, lucky. Yeah, we yeah. are very lucky to have him. Yeah, it's yeah. been great. And and it was great because he already knew your systems and our systems <laughs> were very similar. And so I know. uh yeah, I was like, I was like, I just hope I do Greg proud, you know. Like, I was like, <laughs> I hope that's the case. Yeah, and I'm telling Anthony, I'm like, dude, listen, you better you better show up. Don't embarrass <laughs> me over there in, in Colorado. <laughs> but let's go, you know, that's all just fun talk and, and whatnot between you and I. Um we got a lot to talk about today on the Level Up podcast, and I want to to start off with though. Let's just make sure everybody knows where you are, who you are, um, the affiliation, company affiliation you have, and then we'll go into some like conversations about taking some listings in a no inventory market. Love so, it, love it. I love yeah. talking. I love talking listings. So yeah, so thanks, Greg. So Brendan Bartik, uh, Denver, Colorado. I am the owner of the Bartik Group at Keller Williams Integrity Real Estate. We have uh, 14 agents on our team. We did about 120 million in sales volume last year. Um, I also am the owner operator of the Keller Williams Integrity Cherry Creek, which is in Denver brokerage. We have 237 amazing agents out of that brokerage that are just phenomenal uh, culture, phenomenal agents. And then I have uh, Brendan Bardic Real Estate Coaching, which is our coaching branch, which we love talking coaching with Greg and talking coaching, yeah. you know, helping agents become better at this job. I hate to say the word job, at this career faster using smarter strategies, techniques, and practice. And yeah. so, so that's what we do. I mean, and I always tell the story. I started out as an assistant to a top producer. I, I became an agent on her team, then became an agent on my own, then started a team. So I've done kind of almost every role in that realm of real estate professional. So it's given me a lot of insight and uh, I like sharing that with everyone I know. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, and you're talking about real estate coaching. I know we're doing a little collaboration together and on my realestatesalesolutions.com, we're starting to, to, to promote a lot of courses and I'm looking for people that I believe have really good content. And you created a, a course called Listing Mastery. We actually just went live on that, uh, you know, today on our website. But um, I, I was able to really look through like um, a lot of your, your content and especially the titles and whatnot. And I said, gosh, we need to get you on this, this podcast because that happens to be the conversation that a lot of people are having. But I, I just see real estate agents feeling defeated. Yeah. Um, in the area of going after listings. And, and 
I know that we can still take listens. We're taking them. You're taking them. So I want to just do a little bit deep dive, spend some time on, 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 on taking listings. I'll just start off with saying, you know, what are you doing? What, what adjustments have you had to make in the last year? And maybe even, you know, maybe it's pre-COVID because inventory started decreasing last year. It's just going to get worse this year. What adjustments are you making? What, what are you doing? What are you telling yourself, your team, um, in order to keep your listing inventory, in, in order to continue to build listing inventory? Yeah, no, and Greg, it's twofold. Uh, number one, we realized we had to provide better seller options. And what we were looking at is we broke down, you know, kind of the four categories. So we have uh, a cash offer, you know, very much, you know, and, and I know some people are like, well, I can't do this. I can't do a cash offer. I don't have the cash. And I always try to explain to agents, you, you can make cash offers. Someone in your office will buy a property for cash today, I guarantee you. Yeah, exactly. I was like, just call up <laughs> in other states. Yeah. Like I said, I go, I go, so they just don't understand that concept. So cash offer is option. Number one, option number two is fix and list. So, Hey, look, we will come in fix. Uh, you know, we, we, we try to keep it at Greg at about $10,000. So we do like carpet paint. We're not trying to do full renovations, but we come in and we fix and list your property. And the way that we simply do that is we charge an extra 1% in commission. So it's 7% commission. We charge a $650 transaction fee for, for doing the carrying the note. And we put a, a contractor's lien on the property and we do a fix and list on it. And we don't do them very often, but Greg, it was another talking point to get past the 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 objection of, I'm not sure what I want to do right now. I can sell it on my own or I can do this or whatever it was. Then the third is sell it in 60 days or we'll buy it. And then fourth is our maximum net program, which is our traditional 6% program, which is just our basic real estate program. So, so that helped us and that enabled our agents to be able to have more conversations when somebody said, well, I'm not sure I'm not this. Hey, let me, let me come over. We got several different options that might work for you. Let me talk about them. Give me 15 minutes at the end of the conversation. If none of the options work, no harm done. At least you have all the information. I'll be in your neighborhood today at four or tomorrow at one. Right? So, so that's one side of it. And that's more the cold side of the business. And then Greg, the, the non-cold is really making sure that our sellers knew about all of these options. Because the number one thing we keep hearing is, if I sell now, where am I going to buy? What the heck am I going to do, right? Um, and so we educated them. There's a fifth option that we call our seller trade-in program. And you're probably hearing this from certain companies that are out there doing this, where the seller can basically, we'll buy their house for 90% of market value for cash. Um, they go and have now the ability to make a non-contingent offer on the new property, not having to worry about selling their home. When they go to sell the new property, if it sells at market value or the value that we established on it, they get the extra 10% at closing. If it goes higher, they get more, but it never get less than 90% of value. So that gives them that safety to under, and for that, you know, if they use our lender, it's, it's a 1% fee for doing that. If they don't use our lender, it's a 3% carrying fee. So, so that option gave the, get started to help sellers go, well, I don't have to have the fear of not having a place to go because you're going to buy my house. I can now be non-contingent and be able to find the place I want to move forward next. Uh, and then with our, also with our regular clients, a lot of them still 
the options, the other options were viable as well, right? They just go, I don't want to deal with it. I, 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 this, that, or the other. And then I think, Greg, it was more of educating people too, that they didn't realize that right now, because the market is so good, we'll say to everyone, hey, look, if you sell now, just so you know, I can normally negotiate a 90-day free lease back. So you'll have cash in your hand. You'll have 90 days from the day of closing to move forward and purchase whatever property you want. And if you don't bring you that offer, you don't have to move, right? Like, you know, again, I always, sellers think once they list, they have to sell. And, and in our mind, yeah, that might be true. But I really try to explain to them, that's not the case. Let's take a shot. If it doesn't work, no harm done. You get to say no, you're in the driver's seat. So those are some of the things we've been utilizing to just try to bridge the fear, I think. And that's a big word that we're hearing right now of what can I do? So I, I'm writing a lot of notes here, and a lot of these notes are to, you know, to ask questions and to, to further our conversation. But I want to first just start off with some observations here. Um, as I'm writing this down, I'm saying, okay, fix and, fix and list. That's an option. So I, I'm trying to go in reverse, and I'm thinking, what would somebody be saying to convince themselves that they can't list right now? But then when they hear this option, they're like, oh, well, I can list right now. And yeah, that completely. Is, yeah, and that's like somebody could have been saying like, well, I don't have enough money to fix up my property. That's it. Okay, so you, yeah, so you, so I see how you're, I, well, I don't know if you did it this way or not, but I'm reverse engineering thinking like what, what you're really doing is you're taking some of the major roadblocks that exist in our industry and right now in today's in real time and you're creating programs based on those roadblocks and the next market those programs might not be that appealing because they may not be the roadblocks but i'm convinced that you'll probably figure that one out in the next market is that exactly. what you're doing here that that's all we're trying to do yeah. is we, we yeah, call great. it objection blocking instead of objection handling so if i can if i can block the objection forever before it even comes out of their mouth yeah. which Sometimes is this, 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 or this. We know it's usually a couple of things. It's either they, they, they're looking for security. And that's, that's what we just talked about with the trade-in program. I want security. I'm not sure I can ready to sell yet because I'm not sure about A, B, C, or D. If I can remove your fear about A, B, C, or D, we can move forward. Mm -hmm. Then you hit the nail on the head with the fix and list. The fix and list covers, I don't have the money to, to fix the place up. And until I do, we always hear sellers go, as soon as I get the money to fix this place up, I'm going to sell it, right? Hey, I'm going to give you the money. I got you. Like, no problem. Let's do it together. The other one is cash offer where they go, I've got 16 cats, nine kids, 14 dogs, and I don't want to deal with showings. Uh, I don't want to deal with it, the stress of it. It, it terrifies me. No problem. Let me just take that right off of your hands and you just get to do on and our cash offer flexible time of closing that works for your scenario, mm -hmm. right? I can close in as fast as seven days, or I can close as long as 79. I mean, I'll even go further than that if right things are in place, but a lot of times they're just looking for convenience mm -hmm. and then sell it in 60 days or we'll buy it. You're not getting that one too much right now, because again, they know they can sell, but sometimes this affects the property that backs up to a train. It backs up to uh, something weird or does something odd. We'll make that as an option. And we go, look, here's the, how that program works. And it's got some, it's got some stars next to that program. You know, you've heard yeah. of these programs before, yeah. but Hey, it's another option. And then our traditional maximum net program, which 
99% of the time ends up being the program they take. Is... I was just getting ready to ask that. I was, <laughs> and, 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 and I was going to ask what percent of the time do they end up, you end up listing the property based on that traditional kind of regular program? 99% of the time. Okay. Because, because Greg, 99% of the time, it makes the most sense financially. Because then once we get in the door, I can say, look, we can do the fix and list, but then we got to take the property. We got to do these things, get contractors. It's going to delay us. We don't know if interest rates are going to go up. We don't know what's going to happen. We can do all of those things and do this. Or why don't we just do this? Why don't we just offer a seller concession in lieu of the repairs? The market's on fire right now. I can promise you, Betty, no one's going to care that the paint's yellow. I guarantee you they're not going to necessarily care. Let's go ahead and move forward and offer a concession so they can paint the walls whatever color they want. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So let me ask you a different question because, see, I know so many people, uh, so many agents are afraid to present options because they're afraid that they may actually choose one of those options and, um, and then they have to deal with like whatever they need to know or position that they need to be in to fulfill on those options. Um, but my question is, if 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 99% of the time they choose the more traditional standard option, because that's the right thing for them. And for those of you listening, do you see why he said that they choose that? Because it's the right thing for them. See, he may be able to actually make some more margin if he convinces them to choose a different option. But he's thinking about what's the right thing for them. And normally, it's not all of those options. It's actually the traditional way. But for those agents that are afraid to like create, be creative and create options, I think agents need to understand that that the people's fears or objections, like your uh, the the things that they fear, that's keeping them from moving forward. You're busting through those fears by just introducing these options, and that's getting you in the door. So, how many? What percentage of the time do you think this comes up, and this influences getting into the door, getting on the appointment? At this point, unless it's a past client or center of influence, I would say ninety percent of the time. I mean, it helps us get in the door 90% of the time because, Greg, the other yeah. guy or gal's not doing it. I got it. Yeah. Not doing it. Yeah. Because of the reasons you just said, they're afraid if they act. So here's the pro tip, right? You don't, if they still say, I want to do the fix and list program, you can always say no. It's You're not obligated to do it. You can say, I'm sorry, you know what? After looking at everything, it's not the right fit for me. At least you got a chance to get in front of them. Yeah. Right. So you, your question earlier was a dead point. They go, well, I'm just here. What if they say yes? And I'm not comfortable doing it. You don't have, there's no handcuffs there. You don't have to do it. Just say, no, just say, Hey, this doesn't actually fit the normal program that I do for our fix and list program. So I'm sorry, that's not going to work. So if you don't want to use our maximum net program, then maybe I'm not the right fit for you. Mm-hmm. And that's okay too. That That's okay. There's certain instances where we just can't help someone, Greg. And I think that's where you just said people get scared and they go, well, I have to do this. I promised them I was going to do this. You know, you're, you're, you're giving them options and then you guys get to talk about if it's the right fit and it has to be a win-win for both parties. Yeah. If it's not a win-win, then you go, Hey, I wish you the best, Sally. You know, I'm sorry. I'm just not the right guy. Let me call some of my wholesaler friends and some other people. Maybe they'll want to do this. It's just not the right fit for me. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep picking on these numbers because I've kind of I, I believe I I see this something interesting here that I really want the audience to understand. Okay, so if 90% and these are rough numbers, we're not sure. really calculating these things, right. but if roughly 90% of the time this gives you an edge to get the appointment, 
but only 1% of the time is anybody choosing this, then the real lesson that I think we've got to take away from this is we have to stop looking, we got to stop using the one size fits all presentation. If you want to start taking listings in a no inventory market, you have to have creativity, versatility, the willingness to be able to just open up and say, these are the options that exist. Don't have a fear that people are going to start taking those options because they don't. But what ends up happening is I think it's psychological that when people feel like you're going to give them options, then they're willing to listen. And then if you've got a good, if you, if you're good at building rapport and whatnot, then it's insignificant whether or not you take away the options because it doesn't work or they choose to not use those options because you were, you were victorious by offering options. We were there to educate. Yeah. That's what I feel good about a lot of times, Greg, is I always tell people I'm a consultant. I'm there to educate you on these different paths and each one has goods and bads, right? There's good and bads. It's like, there's goods and bads. And I really always come from that place of going, sometimes I, I tell people, Greg, I go, I'd be doing you a disservice if you allowed me to buy your house for cash. And I really am being honest because yeah. I'm like, I, I'm telling them, I'm going, I feel bad doing this because of this price. Like when I know you could take it to the market and probably get, you know, X yeah. amount. So as long as you feel comfortable with that, people get in their heads of going, well, you're going in and trying to steal their house from out from underneath them. It's never the case. My goal is always to get them the most money possible. I try to educate them on the options. They're human beings. They get to decide what they want to do. Do you, do you, um, do you give them an, um, like, a okay, there's option one, option two, option three. Do you actually um, build out kind of like a net sheet for each mm -hmm. option? And then are they choosing the, 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 the format or are they at the end of the day, are they choosing the option based on the net that you're giving them? They're usually chasing the option on the net. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're usually choosing the option based on the net. It's rare than anything else when they see the difference in numbers based upon the walk, the takeaway. And here's the other thing, Greg, is I also, during the conversation, you, you made a great point there of building rapport. I also break down for them that it's not as hard as they think taking it to market. Like, so let's go back to the issue of 17 dogs, nine cats, and five kids or whatever it might be, <laughs> right? Great example. <laughs> Sometimes you get this and I go, here's what we can do. We could do that option where I give you the cash offer and you're going to walk away with this. Or what if we do this? You know, what if I paid to put your animals in a kennel for the weekend? What if I um, put you in a hotel for two nights? And if we do that, and again, I'm looking at my cost, right? I'm going, okay, that's going to cost me $600, I don't know, $700, whatever it might be. And you could get out of the home for just three days and give me full access to this thing. And I know in our market, when I price, and of course, pricing it right would be important here. When we price it right, I'm going to have offers for you that are going to be well over anything I could get you cash on Monday morning. And they go, because again, I solved the problems. I took away their issues, which were, I thought I couldn't do this because of this, 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 and this. So I get to go away for the weekend, don't have to worry about my pets, and you're going to get my household for more money? Where do I sign? Yeah, brilliant. brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You know, and you said that, you know, one of the things, and you said it, I could see with your body language and your inflection, 
that you that you're really proud of this and that is you're educating people but i wrote down another word beside that i said and you're empowering people mm. you're empowering people with the information necessary to make great financial decisions on their real estate holdings yeah and, and imagine that's, what, how I, that that's makes, what i'm feeling from you yeah imagine how that makes them feel they're in the driver's seat if I just shove down their throat, we can only do it this one way. And if you don't do it this way, you're stupid. They're not in the driver's seat. I'm telling, and I'm, I'm talking at yeah. them. I just go, here's the buffet. What would you like? Yeah. <laughs> right. And then this yeah. one's going to make, this one's going to make you really fat. This yeah. one is better for you. Yeah. What do you want to do? Either way, it's your buffet. It's your buffet. You're, <laughs> your you're, buffet. you, you get to choose. That's right. Changing gears just slightly. That is fantastic information. So, um, that was a lot of, um, setting the appointment, presenting and whatnot, but let's back up. And, and like a lot of people are just lost for where do they even find these people? Yeah. You know, great, what what got, are some yeah. of the pillars? What are some of the pillars that are working right now in, in today's market? Absolutely. So, so right now people are in, in, in order and I'll give you my top ones in order. People is still number one for me is always expired. As we just talked about our good friend, Anthony, just, just took an expired listing for $775,000 yesterday. And people are going, if it's expired, it's got to be insanely screwed up right now to deal with, yeah. right? Or something like that. It's not the case. You don't know the story of what happened with that person. So our number one is always expired. Number two for sell by owners, we still go to that number two check down. Number three for us, which has been a much bigger bucket is absentee owners. Absentee owners, because we're in, and here's the thing, Greg, we're we're providing them information about the eviction moratorium. We're running all of this data to let them know that, hey, come June, we know that you've been having to deal with this tenant that hasn't moved out, that lost their bartending job, that's been living in your house for free for 12, 14, 16 months. Why don't we solve that so you never have to deal with this again? Mm-hmm. And so that absentee owner bucket is massive for us, right? Then right under that is what we call rent by owner, which is tenant, uh, you know, people that are looking to put tenants into properties right now. Hey, instead of, instead of putting a tenant in there, why don't you sell it cash out, hold the money, wait for the market to go back down and rebuy in when the market drops, sell high, buy low, right? That's another big bucket for us. And then after that, it gets into very simple ones for us, which is our, our just solds. We're just, mm-hmm. when we take just sold though, Greg, we look at our just sold script very different. We call up and we say, look, we just sold this property in your neighborhood or a property just sold in your neighborhood. We are working with this client and we know every client that we have in our database. We have a client right now that has missed out on every opportunity in this neighborhood that's willing to pay over market value, that's willing to do this. Who do you know right now that might be interested in selling? They either say, go screw yourself, hang up on us, or they say, you know what? I'm kind of thinking about it, whatever it is. Our call is always to find out a status on every person. So we go through what we call our checkdowns. Next checkdown is, okay, so you have no interest right now. Well, let me ask you, Greg, now that I've got you on the phone, if you were to move and it was a perfect scenario, where would you go next? Oh, X, Y, Z, when would that be? Oh my gosh, that's exciting. So two years, Johnny graduates, blah, 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 blah. Next checkdown. Well, Greg, while I've got you on the phone, do you happen to own any investment properties right now? If they say yes, offer free market analysis for investment properties. If they say no, really? Oh my gosh, you don't own any investment properties. Well, I'm putting on a free seminar, a Zoom seminar next uh, Tuesday, just set the date, next Thursday, whatever. I'd love for you to attend so I can explain to you how easy it is to buy your first investment property. Uh, What's the best email address for you? 
if they check down one more time and they say, no, hey, I get it. You don't want any of that. You know what? I put out an amazingly quarterly market report. Most of my clients like to receive that by email. Would you like it by email or regular mail? And then I get their email address. And so that's our, that's our call. What I see most people, Greg, do, and I, and I know you're a huge lead generator. I mean, I, I, I grew up watching your videos. I, I grew up, when I say grew up, like I'm, 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 a, I'm a dinosaur, <laughs> but I grew up in real estate watching Greg's videos of him listening to his people lead generate. And I go, oh my gosh, that is what I'm going to do one day. And like hearing them. And then he would, you would stop them after every call and say, Hey, look, I heard you doing that. You went left. You should have went right. Here's yeah. why. And I was like, that's all I want to do with my life. I was like, that is, that is, that is so, so you know what I'm talking about, but most agents make the call and they go, so we just sold this property and we were curious if you were interested in selling. No. Okay. Have a great day. Click. And they get off the phone, go, go check their sports center or ESPN app or whatever it is. And then they don't make another call for another three hours. Yeah. And they can't figure out why they don't have any business. Yeah. You know, it's so cool. You call it check. What did you call it? Check or check downs. Yeah. Check downs. Meaning you're what, what does that mean? I, I, I understand every, the flow, yeah. how, how you said it, but I want to understand the, the terminology. So just like an airplane pilot, right? He goes through a list to make sure that before that plane takes off, all of these things have happened before you can launch into the air. I'm not getting off that call until I've hit all my check downs. Otherwise, that plane crashes when I hang up. Uh, and so I look check at down, it, is, it, is, that a termino- is that terminology from, from pilots? Oh yeah, that's what they do okay. every time they I, yeah. get. Okay. Yeah, Never every time they cool. get in the cockpit, they have yeah. to go through their checkdowns mm. before they get to. You know, they have that whole little thing. They're like, "All right, this." Yeah. Otherwise, we'd all die. I mean, yeah. you know, like that's so. But most people don't go to the second checkdown. They rarely get to the third, and they'll hardly make it to the fourth until they practice. And that's why role play is so important, as you yeah. know, and you guys do all this. So it's just getting them to understand that it's not everybody's trying to hit the home run today. I go, I'm just trying to get on base. And if I get enough people on base, eventually I'm going to hit a home run, that one call where they just go, come over right now. And I'm like, yes, but really I'm just trying to get people on base and get status updates so I can follow up with them in you know one year, two years, six months. When Johnny does graduate high school, I already know that information. I've already added them to my direct mail campaigns. They already are getting, you know, you know we, we're both real geeks lovers. They're getting market reports and, and uh, property sent to them on a monthly basis. Who are they going to list with? Yeah. You know what I hear, uh, Brendan, is this, is, okay, now the previous conversation, and you're talking about setting the appointment and at the presentation, giving them options. But what you're, what you're also doing is when you're just, when you come into contact with an expired or a RITBO or whatever you're doing, it seems like you're also giving them options. You're, you're calling it check down, right? It's yep. like, hey, when do you plan on selling? Well, if you don't plan on selling, have you thought about buying an investment property? Haven't thought about a buying investment property? And then you got this option after option after option. And by the time you go four, and, uh, four to five check downs, you probably got a yes somewhere. Somewhere. Hopefully somewhere. a yes or at least a status, right? Or at least a status. At least okay. a status. You know, if it's a 90-year-old lady and she goes, I'm going to die in this house. I hate my kids and I'm not leaving it to anybody. You'll get one out of, you know, a thousand that there's just not a yes in there somewhere. But in that check down, I'm asking if you are, if it was the perfect situation, where are you going to go? What can they say? Right. They got to say something. Okay. Well, if they say no to that, do you own any investment properties? Would you like to build wealth through real estate? I'm putting on this amazing Zoom webinar. Just come check it out. Half hour of your time, you can understand how you could possibly buy your first investment property with no money down, whatever your pitch is, right? Blah, 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 blah. They show up, they understand. So you're right. It's just, it's maximizing. If some people just show up, Greg, and then other people show up and they maximize every call. And 
Otherwise, that's why people get burned out on prospecting and they hate that word as they go, you know what? I called six expireds. No one wanted me to come list their house. So I stopped doing it. You missed the game. That's not yeah. the game. It's, I call it's it a, monetizing the no. Ooh, monetizing the no. no. That's what I call it. And I've done Love videos it. on that monetizing the no. Whereas, and, and that comes back from my former, you know, training. And, and, and a lot of people know I was uh, with Mike Ferry for years and just Same. Think, the, think the world of, of that program. Yeah. And, um, you know, but in the earlier years, I just remember we were taught you make 60 contacts, 40 contacts, whatever it is per day. And like, let's just say you made 40 contacts per day. And if you got one yes, then that was a victory. If you set one appointment out of 40 contacts, that was a victory. But it, it took me a while and I realized, well, okay, I'm, I'm investing the time to take 40 contacts and my return is based on one yes. Well, what about the 39 no's? Then, so I said, I got to figure out how to monetize the no's. So then, then I changed my script and that's when I used a similar script and, and I'd say, you know, Brendan, hey, thank you for taking the time. Obviously, you're not thinking about doing anything right now. Um, you probably are not aware, but a lot of your, but, but a lot of your um, neighbors have requested that I keep them up to date as to go on, what's going on in the community. And as you probably know, that the slightest little shift in the market can have a major impact on, on your property's value. What's the best email? I'll make sure you're getting that information also. And, and then- Greg, the they would well, pop just real it quick, up like that. Go ahead. But just the power of that nuance, all of your neighbors, right? Yes. Fear of not being like everyone else. That's, that, it. that's such a finesse. That's why I wanted to stop it just for a second there. If people realize that that's the finesse. And so people don't understand that the, the wording is so important. Yes. Right. So all of your neighbors love getting this report, or all of these neighbors love when I send them this information. I want to make sure you're not missing out, or however you yeah, I mean, make sure that you're, you know, make sure that you're getting the same information. That's, so, but that's the, that's the difference is the fear of not being like everyone else is, yeah. is a huge psychological piece. Cause we want to be like, well, if my neighbors are getting, I, I don't want to not get it. Here's my email address. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And so awesome. what happened with that? And I know what's happening to you also, because we're both building databases by doing this. What's happening is we get that yes today from those 40 people we talked to. We then take out of the 39 people that said, no, we take 20 of them and put them in our database. And then in a year from now, two of them call us back to say, hey, will you come list my property? And then every day you're adding people. And then in a year, compound from interest. Years, it's compound, right? And um, yeah, but it, it's hard, it, it Greg. Is. It's hard for people to do because it's deferred gratification. I always told people, you mean you both know it. If we put a stack of cash in front of them and said, for every no, you get $150. They would do it all day. They'd be like, just keep yeah. getting the nose. Give me the $150. It's the problem is that they don't get the return for 60, 90, 120 days. So they don't visualize it the same way. I just looked at like how you said, Matt, uh, monetizing the no. I go, every time I get one, that's 120 bucks. Yes. Right. And visually in my mind, I was like 120 bucks on my table right here. Just got to keep getting them, getting them, that's getting right. them. So that, that's right. Well, I'm going to switch. I'm, I'm going to switch gears because, you know, so you you uh, you told me um, before, right before I hit the record button that you're that you're about ready to publish a book. Yeah. And um, and it just happens to be, you know, I didn't plan on talking about it. But when you started telling me the uh, the, the what the book was about, I'm like, man, we've got to talk about this. What's the name of the book? When's it coming out? Tell me a little bit more about it. Yeah. So the book is called The Score. So it's oh, how to get everything you want out of life with utilizing a visual scoreboard. And we believe in this concept that, Greg, we first of all know that most people have no idea what they want. 
They just don't. They think they do. And you hear this a lot. I want to be happy. I want my kids to be healthy. I want this. And the problem with that generalization is if it's not specific enough and it's not measurable, then it's very difficult for you to have any real success with it. And you just kind of keep going through the mundane actions day to day. So when we talk about um, a visual scoreboard, we talk about first identifying your swag, your seriously wild, audacious goal, right? So for for you, that might be to sell 50,000 homes a year, whatever it is, right? Whatever thing that you go, hey, this when I do this one thing, everything else in my life falls into place. Now, it doesn't have to necessarily be sales. It could be when both of my kids get into Harvard, okay? That would still be a big accomplishment for, for a lot of people. Well, if, of course, if your kids want to go to Harvard, that'd be very important as well, right? But <laughs> yeah. so first, you got to identify the target. Then the second thing is what people don't realize is they focus on the end results. So they focus on, you see agents all the time, they focus on closings and listings and all this. And I said, that's not, that's the conclusion of what comes. What you need to be focusing on right now is the activity. And if you figure out what the activity that's necessary for the closings to happen, and you measured that activity. So for example, um, let's say I wanted to close 100 homes a year, right? That's that's my swag, right? I want to close 100 homes in a 12-month period. The activity isn't X amount of closed homes sold every month. The activity for a lot of agents might be, I know when I do five open houses a month, I close one house. It might be when I talk to X amount of conversations, this happens. So what we do is we create what those are called, we call those drivers. Those are our drivers. Once we figure out what those drivers are, then we create a visual scoreboard to track them. And a visual scoreboard can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. A visual scoreboard could be jelly beans in a jelly bean jar. And you got a hundred, you need to make a hundred calls a week. Like we were just talking about Mike Ferry, right? A hundred contacts. I've got to have a jelly bean jar and I take one jelly bean out and I put it into the other jar. And when I get to a hundred, I get to go home, right? Or I get to go skiing that weekend, or I get to do whatever. That's the power of a visual scoreboard. Now at our office, we've been doing this for several years. We have massive visual scoreboards. So we like to use mountains because we're in Colorado, right? So we use mountains. And so for each quarter, we have a mountain and we have two drivers, two activity drivers that go up that mountain. One of them would be um, what we call METs. And for us, a Met is somebody that's in our database that's fully processed in Real Geeks on a 33 touch program. We know when we have X amount of those, the sales come. But that activity is what I can control. I can't control the activity of the closing, right? Then the second driver, and, and again, depending upon what you do, we are, depending on what you're following, would be conversations about buying or selling real estate. When we have enough conversations, deals happen. And we can set our watch to it. Greg, I was telling someone last year, our, our driver was how many leads we put into Real Geeks and process 100% in our system. What we call, you've seen our flow charts yeah. and things on, on stuff. We knew for every 21 people that we did this with in our database for our team, we closed one transaction, right? Some agents were doing it on our team in seven, some were doing it in 35 and everywhere in between, but we averaged. Think about how important that metrics is to know. So if you measure that on a scoreboard, instead of getting so flustered with, well, I don't have enough uh, listing agreements signed. We're not saying we don't we don't track that. We still pay attention to that, but you can't control that. Yeah. You can only yeah. control yeah. your activity. So so that's that's step three is the visual scoreboard. And then number four is we build a calendar, what we call a cadence of success, a rhythm of success 
that produces those results. We see it every day, Greg. People aren't not, there's certain people out there, they're not not talented. They're not, there's a lot of amazing people. They just don't have a calendar that matches up to the goals that they're setting. And a lot of times they don't have any goals, but they don't have a calendar that syncs up to it. They've got million dollar aspirations with a $50,000 a year calendar. So that's the premise of the book is those four main real principles. And we've done this in live events and all this. And it's a real breakthrough for a lot of people because they didn't, they just, they were so focused. A lot of times I'll make the dream, but they are not focused on the activities. And then they're not visually having it in front of them every day going, am I on track? Am I behind? Where am I? I don't even know because they keep trying new things. You know what? I'm going to buy some realtor.com leads, see if that works. You know, you see it every day. You know, yeah. you do the same. You know, I'm going to try. Oh, there's a new laser. Okay, let me. They're dabbling. They're dabbling. They're in everything. dabbling. They're dabbling. dabbling. They're trying fad diets instead of going, if I just focused on doing 20 crunches a day, I won't be fat, right? Or whatever. Or I'll have six pack abs and it'll take more than that maybe, but I don't know, depending on who you are, right? But they keep going, you know what? I don't like this diet. So let me try this. And we see it every day. That's why all these diet companies exist, right? There's why there's 50,000 diets. So, so I, I, I know that it helps change people's lives, Greg. And I know it really, it provides clarity. And I think if you have clarity on this earth, it, it makes life a and more enjoyable and a lot less stressful, a yeah. lot less stressful. So, so that's the yeah. book, the score uh, should yeah. be out in about, about, Two and a half, three months. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, well, congratulations on that. And I, I, I just, I think it's a wonderful topic. I, I, I definitely think that we all, you know, I, I, I was just having a conversation with some agents uh, the other day, uh, you know, just saying, look, it's all about the process. You know, you, you, you we need. It, it's kind of like, I'm in South Carolina. I say I want to drive to Denver. Well, I driving to dinner at Denver is that's kind of like, now I know the target. Okay? Yeah. But then all I got to do is go to the phone and put Denver, hit a button. And now all of a sudden the map is drawn. Once the map is drawn, if you notice on your GPS, you'll never see Denver until you're like only a mile or two away from Denver. All you'll see is like a little bit of stretch of road and then it'll tell you the next turn. It doesn't tell you the 10th turn. It tells you 1.5 miles, you'll be taking a ride on exit 22. That's it. That's That's all I see. Beautiful. I I might have to use that. I might have to use that, Greg. I hope you do. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's it, right? We're just, it's like we we spend a moment to plug in the coordinate for where we want to go. And then we spend our rest of our time just following the, the little roadmap, make the turn. I, I said something to somebody else this, today. It's like, I have never made it to the summit of a mountain by just getting there all in one, at, at one swoop. Like I've never teleported to the top. The all, I've only got to the top one step at a time. Completely. And, and yeah. it's, it's one step at a time. And it's, you know, we, we live and die by the SMART acronym, right? Specific, measurable, attainable, right? Relevant time-based goals. And it's the screensaver on my phone because, you know, Greg, me and you are probably, we're both visionaries, right? We're like, let's yeah. do all these amazing things. And yeah. I have to always bring myself back down to reality. And I go, if, it, if it's not specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based, then I got to rework it. I got to rework it because it can't fit inside of that. And people have a lot of good ideas. People have a lot of great aspirations, but their drivers don't match up to reach them. 
and their calendar doesn't match up to reach them. Mm. And they have no idea, like we talked about with your exact analogy, they have no idea that there's a process. There's just a process. And it's little by little. It's just little by little. Everybody nowadays wants to go from here to here. Again, again, liposuction. I'm fat. Let me just go have surgery and suck it out. Instead of probably dangerous, not as healthy, and still probably going to come back in another month or two, why don't I just create a plan that works? It's hard for people to do. And follow it. And And follow follow it. it. The last time I was in Colorado, um, I was standing at the, the bottom of a mountain. There was the... Democrat, the something, the something. There was a series of mountains somewhere of 14ers that we were doing. And I was at the bottom of the first one. And uh, we happened to be climbing that day. We were in Colorado practicing um, to go to Africa to Kilimanjaro. So we're doing a bunch of pre-climbs in Colorado. And we were climbing with a a guy named Aaron who was blind. He had, um, you know, been uh, a wounded warrior. He was blind. And the guide that we that we have a, a, a good relationship with, before we started the day, he says, can I tell you what Ryan, what advantage Ryan has over all of you today? Mm. And I'm like, mm, sure, you, you can tell me. Yeah. But, you know, Ryan can't see. And I can. I don't know what advantage he has. And then he goes, OK, everybody look up to the top which we could see where we were at the moment, we could see the summit that we were going to hit, the 14er. We could see the summit. He says, Ryan can't see it. You guys can. And over the next 10, 12 hours, you guys are going to look at that thing multiple times. And sometimes you're going to be like, dang, that's far. Oh my God, that's high. Oh, look at that. I can can never make it. I'll never make it. I can never make it. I'll never make it. All Ryan can do is focus on the next step. One step. And let me tell you, Ryan crushed us. Yeah, because we know that, right, Greg? I mean, it is, it is, we talk about, me and you probably talk about, people think we talk about real estate a lot. We probably talk about mindset 90% of our time, our day, because that's our real goal. And I think as, as coaches and instructors and educators is, is I can teach you skill sets. And, and, and I'm not saying you don't need technical skills. I do truly believe that you need technical skills, but it's just, it's just unlocking the belief that it's not as a, it's never as hard as you think it is, but it is hard and it takes steps to get there. Right. And, and anyone can, again, blind, blind gentleman, uh, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, we hear these stories all the time and they go, well, that person must've been born with magic fairy dust on them. No, no, it's just mindset mindset, mindset, mindset. So, so yeah. And and when you were asking me earlier about our, our listing mastery program, right. It's the same thing in that we, we take a big thing. Like I think a lot of you were asking me earlier, why do we think people are not taking as many listings? I really believe it's fear. I, I think it's the same thing. Agents are more comfortable working with buyers than they are working with listings because they don't understand the process of what it should look like in real time. And they don't realize that it is a system, right? And we break it down into four pieces. We call it pre-appointment, at the appointment, um, uh, at the table, and the close. And that's just a framework for us. And we just break those frameworks down. And then we go, look, instead of trying to get good at the whole thing altogether, let's talk about pre-appointment first. What do you need to do to be really good in your pre-appointment process? You know, researching the, the neighborhood, researching the seller, doing your pre-appointment package, all of those things. 
when you break it down into smaller bites, they go, okay, all right. I got that for, I got that part. But when you go, Hey, look, I want you to go on this $2 million listing appointment, you know, just, just go figure it out. It's intimidating. Right. And that's why, that's why it stops there and they stop there and they go, I'm not going to go on that listing appointment because, or I'm not even going to pick up the phone to call. I, I get people all the time. Why don't you call expired? Well, I don't know what I'd do if I, they said, yes, they don't have a system. Yeah. They don't have you know, a it's system. one of the reasons, you know, one of the things that I was taught is that we need to teach agents how to do the listing presentation prior to actually teaching them how to prospect Big time. because they'll self-sabotage themselves, right? They'll, they'll actually, they, they, they will per, sub, subconsciously, not consciously, they'll subconsciously do whatever they can to not set the appointment because subconsciously they fear the actual presentation. So if we can teach them the presentation and get comfortable with the presentation first, then all of a sudden they want to make calls and set appointments because they want to show off how good they are at presenting. Of course, it would be the same thing if I if I told you to go into like a, a, a Olympic diving board and I go climb up to that thing and just go ahead and jump <laughs> off and just see how it goes. Right. You're going to get up there and you're going to get right to the edge. You're going to be like, yeah, this is not for me. Yeah. Right. You're going to walk right back down. So if you instruct them that, hey, you're going to do this. And when you hit the water, it's going to be fine. And you're going to swim over to the the, the fence or the, the railing or whatever then of course they're going to be more inclined to jump off. Right. But I use, I do the same thing wrong. And, and Greg, I'm no way I've learned, you know, by failure time and time and time again, where I, I would hire a new agent. And I'd be like, all right, first week here, hundred contacts, get your, get on the phone, right. Knock it out. And they're sitting there going, I just graduated real estate school. I don't even know what an expired is. I lied to you because I don't want to sound stupid that I do. And we forget those things. We yeah. forget those things because we get in, we get into just, they told me I was supposed to make calls. Even I'm in my brokerage, I see this happen all the time. They go, well, they told me to make calls. So I'm just going to start calling. Some people will do it, but they won't do it for a long period of time because they don't even know what to do next when they get the success. Then they go and they go, Hey, I set this appointment. Can I take this other agent with me and then give them some of my, com-? and it's the beat goes on. So you're right. It, it's yeah. so much just, that's a brilliant, I mean, just that point alone, right. Is, is I think for any team leader that's listening out there or anybody yeah. that operates a team, rethink it. Yeah. You can't just yell at people to make cold calls. doesn't work. Yeah. I wish I, it did. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I wish it did. I, I, I agree. Well, man, look, You and I could go on for hours. I I bet you, I bet you, and I'm not challenging you to this because I don't think either one of us have the time, but I bet we could actually do this for three or four hours straight and not even skip a beat. I I bet we could. But, you know, I just want to say thank you so much. And um, I'm I'm just glad, you know, that we got to connect and we got to connect on the Keeping It Real podcast with Frank Klesitz. And then I realized, oh, wow, we have a lot in common. And um, and then again, and you got a great uh, young uh, agent in Anthony Velasquez. I mean, uh, make sure he has his grandmother. Um, and I don't know if it was mom or grandmother, but make sure they make those thing tamales. Because I'm telling you, I took that tamale home, and it almost caused a fight with me and my wife because she loved it so much. <laughs> I was like, I should have never taken it home. Yeah, no, um, we're we're gonna we're gonna hold them to it now for sure. <laughs> That's right. And the other thing is, is um, likely in July. I'm 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 just waiting for um, the confirmation. Um, myself and a few other guys are coming to uh, Colorado. We're going to do some uh, backpacking and fly fishing and uh, whitewater rafting all in one big sw- uh, swing with our sons. And um, I'll probably have to come up to um, you know the Denver 
area, stay a night or two, and then we'll hit up to Boulder. And, and yeah. I'm not sure exactly where we're going yet. Um, but I, I surely want to, you know, stop in and say, hey, to you, say, hey, to Anthony. And I uh, would love it. And just would absolutely love it. Yeah, we would be honored. And we will we will roll out the red carpet. Well, we good. I, you don't have to do that. I mean, you just, you know, just uh, hang out with me for an hour or two and I'll be happy. Absolutely. But, uh, thank you again. And, and listen, I'm going to post a link, everybody, for the Listing Mastery course. You know, I'll post that within the uh, the feed um, on the Real Estate Sales Solutions uh, Facebook page. And uh, of course, you're going to be able to, um, you know, uh, listen to this again on the Level Up podcast. Yeah. And so, Greg, if, Greg, if yeah. anyone, we were talking about that script, and a lot of people always ask after that, I don't want them to blow you up about that script. It, our entire script book, just go to brendanbardic.com. You can download that exact script that we just talked about with those check downs in there. I just don't want you, because otherwise everybody will be, you know, we see this and they'll be asking afterwards. Just go to brendanbardic.com. It's there for free. I want you to use it, uh, enjoy it, and, and just start somewhere. Start now, sure. but, but get that practice in. So, Well, good. Well, that's very generous, uh, Brendan. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, we'll sign on off. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Those of you that were watching us live, I know that we kept a good audience there. So that means uh, you must have enjoyed the content. And for those of you that are listening on Level Up Podcast, thank you so much for uh, tuning in. Thank you so Thanks, much, Greg. Brendan. Have All a right. good one.